And then there were two. Then there were two. And it's not the Packers, unfortunately. Welcome into the program. Uh, You've got Dan Campbell and company just didn't get it done. They, uh, they fell a little bit short. Uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll say this. They fell a little bit short kind of by their own doing. Uh, and it's disappointing because I was kind of rooting for, for uh, the Lions. But, uh, hey, one out of my two came correct. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers are representing the NFC, and that's what I chose at the beginning of the season. I thought it would be the Baltimore Ravens. But, I, uh, man, man, is Kansas City good. Um, Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, and they just have a knack for doing things. It's it's almost like it's unbelievable the Packers beat them, and beat them quite handily. I might add, it's it's almost unbelievable the Packers beat them. The Packers had a shot at beating San Francisco. I mean, this is going to be something that you know I, I've said this since really 2014. That until the Packers get back to a Super Bowl, 2014 and games like that are going to haunt them for a long, long time. The failure in 2014, the failure against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the failure against the San Francisco 49ers, the failure this year again against the 49ers. Those games will just stick with you. And because you... And we saw it again last night. I, I even tweeted this out. I said, when, and I said this last week, you cannot allow a good team life because they will. that's a team that will take it and run with it. And that's what we saw yesterday between the, uh, the 49ers and the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions made mistakes. The, I get, look, uh, they were aggressive all season long, so – you would look at Dan Campbell and start kicking field goals, even though we all believe he probably should have. At the time, I was – so I, I can't say hindsight being what it is. They should have kicked the field goals. At the time, I'm like, no. In this environment, you take the points. You take the points. You put, you put uh, another possession between you and them. That would have put them down three possessions at the time. And instead, you don't get the fourth down. You turn the ball back over. They take it right down and score. And what would have been a, a three-possession game now is a one-possession game, all in a turn of about four minutes. And that was it. You could just feel the, the, the tsunami of momentum shift over to the 49. You can't let good teams hang around. You can't make mistakes against good teams. And the Packers did it, and the Lions did it, and the 49ers are just that good. And they took advantage of it, and damned if they don't find themselves in a Super Bowl. So – Super Bowl in Vegas, we're all set. We've got uh, a whole flood of red, which, by the way, I'm going to get into the conspiracy theory coming up here in just a moment. For all of you that were out there preaching that, I'm going to ask you, now what? Because now you're just completely full of crap. So we're going to get into that discussion coming up here momentarily. You want to chime in today? It's easy. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. You can hit us up. Uh, always uh, glad to chat with you. 877 867 uh, you can find us uh, over on uh, the Facebook fan page. You can find us at facebook.com slash the Bill Michael show. You can find us on Instagram under the same YouTube. Go to youtube.com slash Bill Michaels show youtube.com slash Bill Michaels show. And the same thing on Twitch TV, kick TV and such. And you, you can even track us down on LinkedIn TV, email the program, the Bill Michaels at gmail.com. That's the Bill Michaels at gmail.com. 
And uh, you can find us on X, simply uh, Bill underscore Michaels, Bill underscore Michaels. And you can find uh, Grant at Wisco Grant. Grant, how you doing today? I'm doing good. Uh, I am a little sad. I, I feel bad for Lions fans, Bill, because yeah. I've gone through that with my team. But my team at least had the Super Bowl in 2010, right? So when we had those heartbreaking right. losses, I, I at least had a championship. Like, that's the first playoff experience Lions fans have had in really 50 years, and that's how it ends. Like, they're in hell today. They're miserable. So I feel for Lions fans. It's a bummer. Yep. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It was um... – yeah, <laughs> if you're a Lions fan, man, it was uh, that's a rough one. That's a rough one, uh, no doubt, because you were that close. You were that close, and it just never, never materialized, unfortunately. So, um, what else do we have today? Oh, so here's the thing. I wanted to get back to this real quick. The whole discussion. You did, were you? Did you buy into the whole? The logo of the Super Bowl determines, predetermines who's in the Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers brought that up, right? No, I I mean, it's kind of a funny coincidence the last couple of years, but never is an actual conspiracy, no. Yeah, I, I never did either. I never did either. I thought it was a, a whole steaming pant load of stuff. Uh, so now what? That's my question. So now what? So now what do you – now what are you going to hang your hat on? Because the whole – the whole uh, conspiracy theory about the logo is now out the window. Although people are going to point to it and go, see, it's just red. It's got red in it. Well, it's pretty much had almost all the colors of the rainbow in it at one point or another that you can point to a certain team making it there. It's 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 kind of a, a really dumb significance. It really is. But because the host committee is the one that kind of makes up the logo, so to speak, in conjunction with the NFL – but it has nothing to do with the determination as to who's actually going to end up playing in the in the in the postseason. Only because there are so many teams with those colors of the spectrum, and, and I just thought it was one of the most ridiculous things. Because I saw people yesterday over on Twitter and on Instagram going, "See, we told you, there's red in it." It's like, wow, what a, what a what a dumbass. But some people believe that. But so I but I just thought it was completely ridiculous. I saw that popping through yesterday. Other than that, good weekend. Uh, I, I, it was a really, it was a fun weekend yesterday. We had some stuff going on uh, and had a lot of running around to do, getting ready for, uh, getting ready for Vegas. Had to get a new case to take the equipment out to Vegas in. Had to make it a little bit bigger this year because we got some extra stuff that has to go with us. But had to go get some new cases and stuff, and uh, did uh, just a bunch of running around, and then got home and hunkered down for the AFC and the NFC Championship games. And I, I am. I'm not like the matchup. It doesn't overwhelmingly excite me, but I think you've got a really good matchup. You could have been good either way. The Lions would have been a great story. The 49ers, Brock Purdy, with a lot of validation after what happened last year, him going down in the NFC Championship game against Philadelphia. That was obviously a, a tough time for them, and they believe that they would have been in the Super Bowl had it not been for that, and then they find themselves back there again. In that same circumstance this year, only this time Brock Purdy basically runs out of all the things that he could do. He ran his team to success. Reynolds today for the Alliance is probably sitting at home wondering how he could drop two passes, three passes that were right there, one of them being a crucial fourth down play that it, it, he had it in his hands, had it right in his hands. Brandon Ayuk getting a ball off of the face mask of the defender 
catching it. I mean, it was like sometimes I always say you got to be good, you got to be uh, hot, you got to get healthy, and you got to have lucky. And lucky was kind of on the uh, side of the 49ers on this particular run. Then with everything that was going on uh, with Kansas City, you watch, you know, both sides of the fence come out about the whole Taylor Swift thing and all that kind of junk. And, you know, I think it would be great if there was some kind of a I know she's coming from Japan. I know people have already figured that out, that Japan is like 14 hours ahead of us. So if she flies home, it's a 12-and-a-half-hour flight to Vegas. And, you know, they've already figured that out, that she's actually gaining two hours. She can sleep on the plane, and that way she can still get up and catch a Super Bowl and blah, blah, blah. And whether or not she'll have a performance there or something, which I can't imagine she will. But it's like all, all that stuff started to swirl. And then the secondary ticket prices have come out. And usually it's pretty ridiculous when you see ticket prices at two and three thousand bucks. What are they now? Did I read they're like six to eight thousand dollars already on the secondary market for the Super Bowl? Like six to eight thousand bucks. It's crazy numbers. Well, and I am no air traveler here every once in a while, but Vegas is usually one of the cheapest places to fly into, right? Like yeah. I flew to San Diego last spring. There's no Super Bowl going on. And I'm like, geez, it's it's that much. Vegas, you can get a flight to Vegas normally for really cheap. So it's compared yeah. it to the average, it's even more insane. It's uh well, I was going through this yesterday because I went out and bought a few things and I'm like, man, what just Vegas used to be cheap. You could fly to Vegas for like eighty nine bucks or forty nine bucks, and then you could find the room for hundred and twenty dollars and you know, it was basically the casinos that ran it, and they had a great philosophy. Come out, stay cheap, but spend your money in the casinos. And that's what it used to be built on. It's not that way anymore. Vegas is not cheap. It's not cheap to visit. It's not It's not Nashville expensive, but it's not cheap to visit by any stretch of the imagination. And uh, it's gotten only, you know, more expensive, obviously, because of all the things that are going on out there. You've got a Super Bowl that's going on out there. This is convention season for them as well. So, I mean, everything in Vegas is pretty much sold out at this point. I mean, I know they've got more, you know, hotel space than God, but uh, everything out there is just crazy, crazy money, crazy money going on right now. We got flights that are relatively cheap. I mean, I've got us five plus two charity winners flying round trip to Vegas for about $1,400 total. So that's not too bad. The rental car was more expensive than the flights for five people, believe it or not. The flights for five people was less than the rental car because for all of us to get around, we've got five people, so you need at least a six- to seven-passenger vehicle. So I rented a Chevy Tahoe, and the Tahoe was 1300 bucks for seven days. Usually rental cars you can get next to nothing, four or 500 bucks. 1300 bucks for seven days for set for five people to fly to Vegas was about the same price. So the rental cars are what's going to get you out there because there's a scarcity of them because everybody's, you know, starting to starting to have an influx there into, into Vegas. So anyway, so we know uh, it's all set. Now we just wait for the white papal smoke to come out of 1265 so we can figure out who is going to be the next defensive coordinator names that haven't have been left off the list. Uh, that, you know, you you get this trickle through. Uh, some of the names we thought, not necessarily getting the run we thought they would get, and now it's much like we've talked about in the past. You're looking for that next diamond in the rough. Somebody that isn't. Somebody that's an up-and-comer, but somebody that isn't, and that's kind of the direction Matt LaFleur seems to be going in this one. So 
Uh, we'll just kind of wait and see, wait and see what, uh, wait and see what happens. But whoever it is, and I said this uh, last night when we were kind of going back and forth with some people over on on Twitter, but whoever it is, it's got to be better, right? It's got to be. You would think than what Joe Barry gave us. So uh, let's do this. We'll step out. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We got a whole lot more to get to. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. who lost, unless you're San Francisco, and who won the other one? I don't even know. KC, then you've you got a pretty bad taste in your mouth. And um, it's what's great about this sport, what's great about the game, it's what's great about the tournament, and it's also what just crushes you. Welcome back. Good to have you. Bill Michaels Show. We continue on. Uh, good to have everybody over on the uh, live stream today as well. Dan Campbell talking about how this one will crush you. And, uh, I, you know, I, I understand, you know, that uh, Dan Campbell really not any regrets when it comes to uh, what it is they did or didn't do, um, you know, in the uh, in the Super Bowl. You know, we're, we're doing it our way and, you know, hey, whatever. Um, but I... <laughs> I get it because Dan Campbell has a certain way of doing things and they're not going to deviate from that. But I think every circumstance can call for something that can be a deviation. And it's not that you're playing it safe. It's not that you're letting your guys down. Maybe, maybe some guys would feel that down, but I think winning the game is the ultimate importance and not doing it your way all the time. And if you are in Detroit today, you're probably looking at it going, you know, we probably at least once could have kicked the field goal and make taken it back to a three-possession game. And now you're sitting at home. And I'm not saying that you would have even won the game had you done that. But it would have stemmed the tide of momentum because you handed it between the fumble and not getting it on fourth down twice you handed them the momentum, and it's kind of like uh, they, they just took it and ran with it. So I, I get that that's the particular way that uh, they wanted to roll, but you know now you're, you're saying uh, we're going to stand staunch on what it is we believe, but yet we're sitting at home watching somebody else play. So I, it's, that's the disappointing side of things. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Want to hit us up? Please feel free. Go ahead and do so. Again, 877-867-1670. 1670. This was Dan Campbell talking about that decision to go for it on fourth down. Take a listen. It's tough. There's questions. Dan, you um, you had two fourth down decisions that were critical in the, the second half, and neither one was. What? Two fourth down decisions that were critical in the second half, neither yeah. one was converted. Yeah. Um, you know, particularly the second one. Why why not take a, a field goal there and maybe stem the bleeding a little bit? Yeah, that just felt really good about us converting and uh, getting our momentum and and not letting them play long ball. Um, you know, they were bleeding the clock out. That's what they do. Um, and I wanted to get the upper hand back, um, you know. And it's easy hindsight, and I get it, you know. Um, I get that. But I don't regret those decisions, and that's hard. 
you know, it's hard because now they didn't. We didn't come through. It wasn't able to, to work out. But I just, I don't. I don't. And I understand the scrutiny I'll get. That's part of the gig, man. Um, but, you know, we just, just didn't work out. So there you go. Uh, in other words, look, we're just going to do it our way. I had a philosophy. And, and he's not wrong. Philosophically speaking, you understand where he's coming from. He's not wrong in his mind. Just the circumstance and hindsight being what it is would dictate, yeah, the outcome was wrong. So you can look back at things and say, okay, what I learned from that, would he do it again? He, I mean, he said I'd do it again. And I think he'd be wrong again. But I understand where he's coming from in the decision to go for it uh, on fourth down. Uh, 877-867-867, uh, 877-867-1670. Uh, if you want to hit us up, please feel free to go ahead and do so. Uh, Brett says, Campbell coached reckless, and it cost him also his ground game. I should have gotten it instead of uh, trusting Jared Goff. But that's just it. They stopped the ground game. They stopped the ground game. And that was part of the problem was the ground game got stopped as the game went on. It's kind of like what San Francisco did to the Packers late in the ballgame. They started learning from it. They started changing things, tinkering with things, and then they started shutting them down. And then it was their own mistakes that ultimately cost them. So uh, it, it was very reminiscent of last week. Uh, this is from James who says, uh, what did you think of Baltimore? Do you still think they're the better team? I think Baltimore was a bunch of idiots. I, I really do. Baltimore had an opportunity, opportunities to win that game, and they just outstupid themselves. They were an undis. You could clearly tell who had a, a Super Bowl-capable mentality and a bunch of street fighters who wanted to punch you in the mouth and act as if they're tougher, but ultimately did it at the most untimely times of all. And and then, then much like Dak, bad Lamar showed up. And Lamar's going to win the MVP, but the pick at the end of the game was awful. Throwing in a triple coverage was just stupid. Stupid. And to try to hit Patrick Mahomes in the head, like, what are you thinking? Roquan Smith jumping across the line. Not only it was a, it was a it was a smart timing play, but then to give up the fifteen yards because you want to you want to beat on somebody, it, it just is is undisciplined, stupid as you could possibly play. And that's that that's the reason they're sitting at home. They have nobody else to blame but themselves. Pat, they gave the ball back to Patrick Mahomes. When you keep doing it and keep giving them opportunities and you keep allowing them to move the ball down the field and giving them free yardage because of your own stupidity, that's a team that's going to take advantage of it. And you just thought you could out-street fight them. And instead, they stayed classy. They kept jabbing. They kept punching. They kept punching. And you're, in the meantime, getting them in the clinch and you're trying to hit them in the kidneys and trying to kneecap them and everything. And it's like, it's not going to happen. You were a dumb team. You deserved to be at home doing nothing. It just, that's the way it was. That's the way it was. Now, uh, my buddy Justin texted me and said that the whole logo thing that was brought up, and see if you agree with this, Grant, that now the uh, the conspiracy theory has changed from it should have been Baltimore and San Francisco because that's the color of the logo to, well, Taylor Swift changed things. They have to get there because of all the Swifties that are going to be now paying attention to the Super Bowl. 
Do you believe that? What? What did Taylor Swift call Roger Goodell? Like, what? Taylor Swift's just going to these games. And yesterday, like, I only saw her on camera once, Bill, and she looked pissed. She's like, take the camera off of me. Like, stop force feeding me down everyone's throat. I, I think Taylor yeah. Swift's trying to fly under the radar as much as everyone's frustrated by her being at these games. The uh, I will say, did you see the story that uh, the the business uh, that was uh, the business of the NFL that was written about Taylor Swift? Did you catch that over the weekend? Was that, that this weekend? Is, no. She added. She has added since she began appearing in gay at games and dating Travis Kelsey. She I I don't know if it's thirty one million. Uh, I I can't remember the exact dollar amount, but it is crazy stupid, the amount of millions of younger female viewers that are now paying attention to the NFL because of Taylor Swift. They started to like go through this whole thing. It was some ungodly amount. It might have been hundreds of millions, it, whatever it is. But whatever the dollar amount was, it was a significant amount of money that's been added because of Taylor Swift. There, there's it's like a, a crazy amount, uh, all because of her presence at game. Thank you guys. Three three hundred thirty million. Three hundred thirty million, not thirty million. Three hundred thirty million, that's been added to the NFL because of her, because of because of her presence. And I was talking. Uh, we went out on Friday night, and we had Kristen's kids with us, and they can't stand her. Uh, they they hate her music, hate everything about her, and they were rooting against Kansas City because they don't want to see Taylor Swift anymore. It's almost like you know it's become the anti-Swift culture. But she and nobody wants to admit it, but monetarily and popularity, she's as big as the Beatles were when they came to America. She is the equivalent of Elvis, and she is the equivalent of Michael Jackson. She is that big. Lover or hater. Love or hate the coverage, whatever it happens to be, that's what it is. That That's how big this is. And there is a monetary value to it. So that's where people are now going to start saying, well, the NFL switched gears because they want all that money with the Taylor Swift followers. And that's the reason that Detroit's not there because Eminem's not going to draw those same level of followers, which I get it. But I was kind of hoping that it would be Detroit, and then you'd see – Eminem and Taylor Swift maybe doing some kind of thing out in the parking lot at tailgating before the game or something. You know, that'd be kind of cool. So, anyway. They could do a song together about the Super Bowl. They could right? feature on a song together. Right? I don't know that I'd listen, yeah. but it'd be kind of funny. I... <laughs> yeah. I. But I, I got to admit, I'm I'm excited for this year's Super Bowl. I, I think there's a lot of great storylines here. Uh, you've got what's considered to be the best team in the NFC and still is, uh, even though they were on the cusp of being beaten not once but twice in the postseason in San Francisco. And a terrific story with Brock Purdy. Hey, by the way, did you watch the uh, the postgame ceremony for the uh, 49ers yesterday? With Purdy? No, I didn't. Yeah. I was pissed. Okay, I turned they it kept, off. for those that did, tell me this. They kept showing um, a, a really, really blonde-haired woman in like a maroonish leatherish looking top they kept showing her and she was like following all the players following Brock Purdy and said was that Purdy's mom or was that like Christian McCaffrey's mom who the hell was that I, I never figured that out they kept showing her in the stands but they wouldn't say who they were and at one point I thought it was Christian McCaffrey's parents 
And then I thought it was Purdy's, the way she was following Brock Purdy around with a phone, I thought it was Brock Purdy's mom. And Kristen's like, is that his girlfriend? I'm like, no, she looks too old to be his girlfriend. So I don't know who it was. I don't know who it was. Was she, I, I was she really blonde? Oh, my God, yeah. Okay. She was very blonde. I, I think I just looked up Brock Purdy's mom. She's got really blonde hair, so I think that must be her. Okay. Maybe that was Brock Purdy's mom. But they kept every time they show McCaffrey, they kept showing her and the guy that was in front of her, which they – and I thought that was Purdy's dad, but I, I couldn't figure out why they were showing them together. So, anyway, I just wanted to – Throw that out there. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seven. We're just deciphering the weekend, breaking it all down. Then you've got the beginning of the Doc uh, Doc Rivers era beginning this evening. Doc's in town. Big uh, cheers at Marquette's games and all that kind of stuff, and had his uh, presser and all that kind of you know thing. So now the Doc Rivers era begins. So we'll all do all of that. So we'll we'll get into all that mess coming up here in just a little bit. But in the meantime, you still got. Uh, you get still got interviewing to do it, you know, big time. Uh, okay. Pac-Fan says, uh, the blonde hair and the maroon leather top was Purdy's mom. Okay. It was Brock Purdy's mom. Well, that makes sense. But she just kept like, like following him, walking around. And I was like, why is this woman like stalking him? And if it was his mom, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. All right, let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We got a whole lot more to get to. Uh, just a plethora of stuff today. So hang in there. we got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Steel Tank Brewing on Roebrook Lane in Oconomowoc. Opening back up tomorrow for lunch all the way through Sunday. They've got a great weekend brunch now in case you're looking for something, someplace to go and something to eat. And don't forget, Rally Point uh, Outback is open. The music is playing. It is an incredible music venue if you have not been there. Get there. Find some of your uh, favorite bands. Find Rally Point on Facebook. Find Rally Point on Instagram. Steel Tank Brewing. You can find it all right there on Roebrook Lane in Oconomowoc, right behind the Exonia Bay. Great people. Great place. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you, the Bill Michaels Show on the air. You have just a couple of days left if you're thinking about getting new windows and doors from our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. And getting in on the 0% for 36 months, just get the appointment. Just call them and say, look, I'm, I know it's a little bit warmer outside. Eventually, we're going to get cold again. We all know it. It's all coming. It's Wisconsin, for God's sakes. But uh, get a hold of them, whether it's windows, doors, entryways, whatever it is you need, indoor, outdoor, economical, beautification, value to your home. I can go through all the reasons why you should go with Pella Windows and Doors Wisconsin. But the one reason I say there's a sense of urgency here is because 0% for the next 36 months, which is a huge reason. You can find budget-friendly windows all the way up to the three different lines of wood windows, the different hardware, interior, exterior, innovations, you name it. Go to PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com. Or call them 855-PELLA-WI. That is 855-PELLA-WI. And get a hold of our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Uh, you've got uh, the uh, de- the uh, defensive coordinator search uh, continues on for the Green Bay Packers. And not much happening right now. 
just some names being bandied about a little bit. Let's get back to the phone lines. Let's talk to our guy, Gerard, listening to us in Delaware. Gerard, what's going on, man? How you doing? How you doing, Bill? Good. What you thinking today? Uh, this is Gerard from Delaware. So, uh, listen, um, Parker is going to be the guy. That's the guy they're going to pick. You think and, so? Uh, the reason why is because he's 32 years old. He, fi- he fits the bill. I said this the other day. I, I tweeted actually Grant about it. And I think he's the perfect guy for the floor. You know what I mean? He's not overbearing. He's not one of these bloviators like Rex Ryan or Winkler or any of those guys. So I think he wants somebody he could still have some say on. Because if you ever want the Rex Ryan, you know, there'd be a conflict. And for the last year, they really didn't have a conflict between the offense and the defense. So I think that's that's going to be uh, uh, what they're going to do. So uh, as far as um, the draft, there's a lot of mock drafts out there. And if you notice, many of these mock drafts have them either picking a cornerback or an offensive lineman. And 25th, we all don't know. So, And as far as the ball, the games yesterday, Baltimore, I, I tweeted it out to a couple of people yesterday. Baltimore played like a bunch of idiots uh, and dummies. It was really stupid what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, you said it perfectly. And Detroit, I'm telling you, Bill, they got tight. They got real tight. I'm yeah. telling you, as soon as they started making a couple of mistakes, and when that ball bounced off the guy's face mask and – and a nook caught that ball, you knew the game was over. You know, yeah. <laughs> the game was over. Yep. So, you know, there's, you know, I, I, and there's one more thing. All these these guys, and I like to say this, all these so-called experts that are out there, and we know them all, the Smiths, the Cowher, all these guys that, look, what do they know? How are they making this kind of money? They always yeah, double talk. They don't know. They sound like they're they, they don't know anything about football, and it's terrible. It's terrible. I mean, you, what you listen to your show, and the stuff you say, is far more accurate than what they've been <laughs> saying for years. It's ridiculous. It yeah. is just absolutely ridiculous. It's so dumb. I mean, really, why do I have to hear? Cowherd double talk all the time and then go back and retract. Well, this guy's right. terrible. And two days later, well, he's the best thing sliced bread and all this yeah. other thing. And the other guy, he's just a total, uh, that, that other guy's just terrible. So, you yeah. know, and, and like, so, you know, that's what I like to say, but th- those two teams yesterday, Baltimore played like thugs, to be honest with you. And it, and it showed they had no discipline. Now there's one thing to play aggressively and there's one thing to play like thugs. And that's what you don't need on your team because that's when a disciplined team like Kansas City and and as far as the Super Bowl con- concerned, if there's ever two teams that could lose in a Super Bowl, those would be the two teams I wanted to lose yeah. at the same time. Yeah, that's the way I feel about it. Thanks, Bill. Right. I appreciate it. All right, buddy. Talk to you later. Uh, and when, when it, uh, yeah, when, I, I don't know if, I, I don't know if who he means for the other guy. I think he's talking about uh, Mike Greenberg. Mike Greenberg today. And he was tweeting it out yesterday, and I wanted to say something, and I just didn't. But now he he went from Tom Brady, the greatest player ever, better than Joe Montana, better than J- Johnny Unitas, the whole thing, and now it's Patrick Mahomes. He's the greatest ever. And no disrespect to Tom Brady, but he's the great. He's just such an incredible idiot and hype machine. I, I just – like everything is the biggest, most remarkable play, and it's it's kind of like – when you used to watch the news channels and they'd put up breaking news and you'd really be interested, you're like, wow, breaking news, what is going on? 
and you'd read and it was like some major thing that was happening in the world. And then after a while, everything was breaking news. Everything was the biggest. Everything was the, you know, and now it's become just like, ah, well, you know, whatever. Okay. Who cares? You, you're, it's, it's a lie and it's more hype and it's, you know, it is what it is. So it, you don't even believe it anymore. And that's kind of the way that some of these guys are. Everything's the biggest. Everything's the best. Everything's the most remarkable. Everything's the greatest. And it's like, okay, just whatever. Slow your roll. So, uh, but I get where he's coming from. 877-867-1670. Let's go to our buddy Derek listening to us in Albany. Derek, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Hey, Bill. I'm of a certain age as Jerome is. Uh, I'm not going to say what that age is, but I'm, we're probably, Jerome, Jerome and I are probably a little older than you, and I've seen every Super Bowl, and my perspective is definitely elongated. And you're right about the, the hype stuff. It's like we live in an, an era in the last 20 years of immediate gratification and sensationalism. You know, what, what is the biggest, shiniest noise? That's the right. Cowboys. The, you know, Cowboys are big, shiny noise. People glom onto them, and, you know, because of that. You know, I was just thinking about the Super Bowl, how, how, how hard it is to get there. You know, a team like the Lions will say, okay, we'll get them next year. You know, how about Dan Marino? You know, Dan Marino played in, in one Super Bowl. He never got back again. Right. How, how about Jet fans, Bill? How about Jet fans? I, I, I remember the Super Bowl in 1969. My friend's father used to take bets on games, okay? He bet $3,000 on the, on the Baltimore Colts in 1969, and my friend Mike, who was like eight years old at the time, said, Derek, you better leave. It's not going to get good here. <laughs> 3000 <laughs> bucks. <laughs> I'll never forget that, right? man. And, it, you know, just things you remember. I, and, Bill, and this is the truth. People who know me know what a football fan I am. I can remember every where I was for every single game. I'm like, okay, I was at Mike's house. I was at this bar. I was at that party. I was with these people. I was with my kids. I, I can remember where I was for every one of the Super Bowls, man. And, um if, if we were having a beer alone, I'd tell you the, the 1980 Super Bowl, I missed three quarters of it, but it was for a really good reason. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I go Some, on with that. I somebody, get showed, somebody showed up at my door, and I didn't expect her to. But, um, but the thing is, you know, it's so hard to get to the Super Bowl. People think, oh, we'll be back, we'll be back. But, hey, the Vikings haven't been back since, like, 1977. The Jets, 1969. So you're not guaranteed that you're going to get back right away, even if you have a team on the come. Yeah. No, I 100% agree with that. It, it, and like I said, I go back to 2014. I keep thinking about that opportunity the Packers wasted in so uh, many different ways. And until the Packers get back to a Super Bowl, 2014 will be the antithesis of, well, we'll do it again next year, and you couldn't do it again next year or the year after or the year after or the year after. We're still waiting to get back. As for, for those of us, Bill, who make serious investments in our teams, like I do with the Packers, I was affected by that. I wasn't right for like two weeks after that. You, no, I agree. It, it was because it was so – and again, much like this game. Now, this game, we were kind of playing with house money, so to speak, so it wasn't as devastating, even though they had a, right. a similar amount of you know incidents. Uh, but that game will be forever. Julius Peppers waving Morgan Burnett down for no apparent reason when he had nothing but daylight ahead of him, and he, he could have scored. It would have completely destroyed at that point Seattle, and instead – he goes down. They let him back in the game. Mike McCarthy takes his, you know, foot off the gas with three straight run calls, and it, it just. And then you've got, you know, the Bostic on the helmet thing, and and him going up after it, and Clay Matthews pulling himself out of the game, and Micah Hyde not knowing where to be, and it was just like, oh my God, anything that could have went wrong went wrong because of their own ineptitude at that point. Otherwise, they had that game won, and I still can't. Yep. I still can't get past it. 
I can remember it like it was yesterday. Yep. All right, bud. Appreciate it. He drops off. You get on board. 877-867-1670. Don't take uh, anything for granted when it comes to sports and you think, oh, yeah, we'll be back. Because that means everything has to happen the same again. And you can't go home again. Everything will not happen the same again. You either get better or you get worse. You hope you get better. You hope you get stronger. You hope you learn from that. You hope you have that team together and they can stay healthy and they can continue to roll. But what happens next year if in game two, Jared Goff goes down with a shoulder injury and you don't really have a quality backup and you end up losing the next six or seven or eight, nine games and you're out of the postseason before your even season even gets rolling. This is Dan Campbell talking yesterday about the ability to get back to uh, the Super Bowl, and this is off uh, our friend from Fox 2 in Detroit. Take a listen. So those guys, this may have been always shot. Do I think that? No. Do I believe that? No. However, I, I know how hard it is to get here. I, I'm well aware, and it'll be, it's going to be twice as hard to get back to this point next year than it was this year. That's, that's the reality. And if we don't have the same hunger and the same work, which is a whole other thing, once we get the offseason, um, then we got no shot of getting back here. I don't care how much better we get or what we add or what we drive. It's irrelevant. Um, it's going to be tough. Everybody in our division is going to be loaded back up, and, uh, you know, you're not hiding from anybody anymore. Everybody's going to want a piece of you, and uh, which is fine, you know, which is fine. But um, so it's hard. You want to make the most of every opportunity, and we, we had an opportunity, and we just couldn't close it out. It's, it does. It stings. It stings. There you go. That's Dan Campbell talking about the ability to get back to a Super Bowl, if indeed you even can. If indeed you even can. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up, right? Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Friends at JL Tire and Service Center in uh, both Watertown and Johnson Creek on Boulder Road in Watertown. And just above 94, the Johnson Creek exit, you can actually see them from the highway. And if you're looking for anything from basic maintenance, tires, brakes, all the way up to major tractor trailer repair and service, they got it all. They've got facilities for all of it. Get a hold of our friends at JLTire.com. JL Tire. Dot com and keep supporting a business in the area that keeps supporting the area because they do a lot of stuff community-wise that is very philanthropic-based, and they are just great people, trustworthy people when it comes to your vehicle. That's the best part about it. And they do it at an incredibly reasonable rate, and they're just that good. That's J&L Tire and Service Center in both Johnson Creek and Watertown, and give them a shot for sure. 877 Coming up after the, uh, well, the bottom of the next hour, uh, Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus is going to be joining us. We'll talk with him a little bit about, um, you know, what's going on in the NFL and his thoughts about the matchup upcoming, uh, obviously, between the 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. And we'll get into that. Uh, so we've got uh, him. He's going to join us a little bit later on today. In the meantime, uh, Mark writes, uh, hey, guys, uh, I think that uh, the 49ers are going to be the team to beat. Uh, as much as I do like Kansas City, and I think there's a lot of great stories around the Kansas City Chiefs and the greatness of Patrick Mahomes, 
I just think the 49ers have the ability to overcome too many mistakes by the other team. We've seen it in back-to-back weeks. They've got a lot of talent at a lot of different positions. The one area that the Chiefs can exploit is going to be the run game. Pacheco is going to have to run his best game, but they have the ability to control the clock and move the football. And if they don't make mistakes like other quarterbacks have the last couple of weeks, uh, the Chiefs can win the game because of their experience. But the 49ers, it's probably their time. And that is from Mark. Mark, appreciate uh, appreciate the email. Uh, Joanne says, hey, Bill, you are 100% correct. I still can see 2014 like it was yesterday and Pete Carroll's gum-chewing face. And I want to smash the TV. Oh, my God, you brought up bad memories. Uh, I got to go drink. Uh, Joanne, it's Monday. And, it, and it's Monday morning. Don't, don't, don't go drink yet. Unless, of course, you're getting home from Sunday night work. Or maybe you're off today. Maybe you can do that. But uh, I'm just throwing it out there. So... Oh, my God, I have to go drink. Um, and uh, this one is from uh, Kelly. Kelly says, uh, hey, guys, uh, great show. Uh, 100% agree. I thought Baltimore played way over their skis. They didn't even walk up to the gray line. They walked across it, stomped on it, punched you in the face, and then couldn't believe that they got flagged for it. As a Baltimore Ravens fan, I was asking myself what the hell is going on out there. To borrow the Lombardi phrase, Bill looked like a great time uh, the other night down at Calderon Club. I got to get down there. You guys are the best. Uh, thank you. Uh, we had a good time. That was a, that was a fun time down at Calderon on Saturday night. Grant, uh, Grant, and Mike, Paul Charchian was there and joined us. We had a big group of people, man. I think I ate my stuff. weight. I think. Uh, I don't know that I've ever yeah. eaten that much food in one sitting. That's that's how an Italian meal should be. By the way, you're not in a rush. Lots of loud storytelling. Everyone gets really animated. Yeah. Like that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah, that was. Uh, we started at seven. I think we got out of there close to ten. And then went over to the St. Kate Hotel where they had some music, uh, they had a DJ in the lobby. So we walked across the bridge, downtown Milwaukee. We walked across the bridge, and then we went over to the St. Kate where we hung out. Now, what you left earlier. What time did you get home? Oh, God, I don't remember. 11, 11.30. Mike Clemens dropped us off in his Mustang. That's what I remember. I don't oh, remember okay. what time it was, but Ubers were expensive, and Mike's like, get in. I'll, I'll take you home. So his okay. Mustang convertible. It was a pretty nice whip. Yeah. That's that's Mike's ride, man. He's always had a Mustang convertible. As long as I've known him, he's had a Mustang convertible. Um, I think we got home at about 2. About 2 in the morning on Saturday, Saturday night, Sunday morning. That's about the time we got uh, came rolling in. We sat, sat down there, listened to music, and then they had um, some people we knew had walked in. And uh, it really, the crowd changed. It became a little bit younger. Like after the Bucks game had let out, the crowd obviously got busier. And uh, and then all of a sudden, people started walking through the doors. Like right after you guys left, it's like the whole crowd, the whole place just rolled over again. So we sat. We had a we had a couple of drinks, and then I switched over to water because I was going to have to drive home and uh, drank water for about another hour, hour and a half. And then after that, we uh, got out of there. But got home. I guess we were home by about one thirty-two, somewhere in that area, and then ended up kind of kind of crashing out. I guess about two thirty. Um, and then just <laughs> yesterday was one. That was what we didn't want to do. Everything we didn't want to do, we did. Okay, don't go out and get hammered. We didn't really get hammered, but we, we had drinks. Okay, don't be out late. We were out late. Uh, don't sleep in. We slept in. And then we had running to do. We had just all kinds of stuff to take care of yesterday. I had a whole list of stuff that I needed to get done. And I, yeah, it was. And then you're rushing around because you get up late and you're rushing because you want to get home and watch the game. So. I mean, we got home like 15 minutes to spare before uh, the AFC Championship game came on yesterday. So it was right at the last moment. Came walking through the door. Got a few things done. 
and then ended up grilling grilling and cooking dinner here last night. Sat downstairs. So Kristen wanted to go to a sports bar. She's like, let's go to a sports bar. And I said, okay, let's do that. And we were getting ready to leave, and she's like, no, I don't want to go to a sports bar. Uh, and I'm like, we've got a sports bar right here. So we went downstairs, hung out downstairs in the bar, and that was our night. So are you uh, jamming back there? Am I am I jamming? No, I just uh, I I accidentally played the wrong song. Did I tell you on Thursday when I had Mike Clemens on, I played the wrong bumper because uh, my muscle memory started playing Metallica. I, I didn't even think what I was doing. I was bringing in Mike for the segment, and instead of playing his bumper, I went on autopilot to play Enter Sandman. And Mike's like, "Wait, are okay. we wrapping up?" I'm like, "No, are, I just, are we done?" <laughs> That's great. I've sat behind this board for too many hours. I think is the problem. That's great. All right, let's do this. We got an hour down. We got three to go. We're not going anywhere. Hopefully, you don't either. Stay tuned. We got Brad Spielberger, uh, Pro Football Focus, coming back uh, at the bottom of the next hour. By the way, Brian's listening from Vegas this morning. Brian, you got to let Brian. You got to let us know how it is out there. I would assume that uh, they are starting to buzz mightily out there in Sin City. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show. It's-